This is Anchor LA, a podcast presenting world headlines, technology news, arts and data, and encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 28th of March, 2018. A fire that erupted late Monday night at Joshua Tree National Park in California is being investigated for arson after a historical landmark suffered damage. The blaze affected the Oasis of Mara, home to the 29 palm trees planted by the Serrano American Indian tribe. Authorities are investigating the incident as arson according to the National Park Service, however, according to Fox News, no arrests have been made. While a full assessment into the damage has not yet been conducted, initial findings show that damage to vegetation and wildlife have occurred, as well as a potential impact on the archaeological resources in the area. It has been a bad week for technology with the Facebook scandal mushrooming out into more and more facets of intrigue and suspicion. Stocks in that company have dropped and the governments around the world either have or are looking into legal battles against the social media giant. This coming also as Tesla faces another fatal accident in which it seems the so-called self-driving feature may have been active, sending fears circling that the world just isn't ready for hands-off driving. And Uber is fighting an automated driving tragedy of its own as the death of a pedestrian is putting on hold its plans to expand driverless rideshare services in other states besides Arizona where the death occurred. In the ups and downs of tech, one thing is clear, never too much too fast. That coupled with safety and security, both physical and virtual, nothing will sink a sip no matter how large, faster than the lack of one or the other. On the 15th of September 1890, into a wealthy, upper-middle-class family in Torquay, England, Agatha Mary Clarissa Miller was born. A voracious reader from an early age, some of her earliest memories were those of reading the children's books written by Edith Nesbitt, including the story of the treasure seekers, the phoenix in the carpet, and the railway children. After publishing some small works of her own, Agatha published her first short story entitled The House of Beauty. She then set her first novel, Snow Upon the Desert, in Cairo, Egypt, and drew from her recent experiences in that area, written under the pseudonym Monosyllaba, but it was declined by publishers. On December 24, 1914, just after the outbreak of World War I, Agatha Miller married an Army officer Archibald Christie. While he was stationed in battle, Agatha Miller, now named Agatha Christie, involved herself in the war effort. She joined the Voluntary Aid Detachment in 1914 and attended to wounded soldiers at a hospital in Torquay as an unpaid nurse. After the war, Agatha and Archie Christie settled in a flat in northwest London. Agatha had long been a fan of detective novels and now decided to write one of her own, penning The Mysterious Affair at Stiles, featuring Hercule Poirot a former Belgian detective police officer noted for his twirly large magnificent mustache. Poirot had taken refuge in Britain after Germany invaded Belgium, 
and Christie's inspiration for the characters stemmed from the real Belgian refugees who were living in Turkey and the Belgian soldiers whom she had helped to treat when she was a volunteer nurse in Turkey during World War I. Sadly, in late 1926, Mr. Christie requested a divorce and in distress, Agatha left the house stating she was going to Yorkshire. Her car was later found perched above a mining quarry and she was nowhere to be found. Her disappearance caused an outcry from the public. The British Home Secretary pressured police and a newspaper offered a £100 reward. Over a thousand police officers, 15,000 volunteers, and several airplanes scoured the rural landscape. Another famed authoress, Dorothy L. Sayers, used the scenario being played out in one of her Lord Peter Whimsey novels years later, named Unnatural Death. However, ten days later, Agatha Christie was found at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Yorkshire, registered under the maiden name of the woman that her husband had stated he wanted to be with. But apart from the heartbreaking drama that accompanies so many lives, Agatha Christie's legacy lies primarily in her mystery novels. Along with the famed detective Hercule Poirot, about whom she wrote 33 novels, one play entitled Black Coffee, and more than 50 short stories, she also wrote crime novels and 20 short stories about an elderly spinster named Miss Jane Marple living in a quiet English village who always seems to be right there wherever the crime happens and always solves it with poise and dignity. Agatha Christie kept writing until her death in 1976, and her works have entertained thousands upon thousands of eager audiences, with most of her novels being adapted as popular television dramas over the years as well. A Christian ought to always think positive and be optimistic. He shouldn't think about his sin or worry much about repentance. This teaching, this lie, has been adopted as gospel truth, quite literally, by many Christians and churches around the world. As Matt Walsh warned in an article posted in the 22nd of March 2018 edition of The Daily Wire, many Christians today believe that God cannot see our sin because Christ's blood covers it, and so we need not to concern ourselves with repentance. In his article in the Daily Wire, Matt Walsh references a devotional by famed pastor Rick Warren, which claims that Christians should just relax because God does not see their sin. He mentions nothing about repentance or shame, repulsion of our sin, or knowledge of the fact that we have offended a perfect and holy God. Instead, in his devotional, he simply draws an analogy of all our sins, written down on a card and then placed on an open book. Shut the book, and as Pastor Warren says, you can only see the book. That's the way God sees us when Jesus is in our lives. He no longer sees our sin, he sees Jesus at work in our lives. Now, to be clear here, Rick Warren's statement, his teaching on this is not only wrong, but it is blasphemous. Why? Well, because this teaching denies the omniscience of God. Omniscience is the state of knowing everything. God knows everything. Rick Warren's teaching here concludes that there are things, such as our sin, that we know and see, and that God not only does not know, but cannot know or see. This teaching attempts to claim that we lowly, sinful humans have power over God by knowing and seeing something that he can't. 
but we know that one of God's attributes is that he is all-knowing. In Mark 1, Christ said something very different to Rick Warren's devotional when he said, Repent and believe in the gospel or else, as Luke 13 says, you will all perish. We must not, we cannot relax in our sin. We must instead wage war on it. How could we believe that we could have some freedom to sin because Christ's blood will cover it anyway? When Paul says very emphatically in Romans 6 that we may never have an attitude of sinning since grace covers it all. Matt Walsh warns that the modern church has developed a deep aversion to shame, but not an aversion to sin that causes it. Rick Warren's devotional teaches that Jesus doesn't want me to be ashamed. Wrong! Jesus doesn't want you to sin, but if you do sin, he wants you to feel shame and feel it deeply. It is Satan who wants you to sin and feel no shame. If we have never felt shame and guilt, we have never repented. If we have never felt disgust at our sin, we have never repented. Of course, as carnal human beings, we may have resolved not to sin a million times and yet sin time and time again. But although our flesh is weak, our spirit must still be willing. And a willing spirit means coming to our perfect God in total submission, being devastated by our very real, very visible sins that God absolutely sees. Sins that God is angered and offended by, but also sins that he forgives us his repentant children because of his son's payment for them on our behalf on the cross. This is repentance that we ask God to give us the grace to turn from our sinful desires and we must truly repent again and again every time we sin. May we never feel that our Savior's death gave us license to sin but rather may we pray that our hearts continue to be transformed by the love for Christ our Savior. And may our carnal frailties, our sinful natures disgust us so much that we call out to God every time we sin against him in repentance and prayer, that his sufficient grace covers us and our sins, so that instead of placing them on our criminal record, he would instead look to his son whose death paid the debt for our sin. Thanks for listening to Anchor LA on Twitter at Anchor LA Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor LA, where you can find links and information to various topics we cover on the show. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app with input or suggestions. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next time from Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor LA.